think we're live on the timer. Love Talk Radio. Oh, we're not on yet. Hang on. Hang on, Blog Talk Radio. One more button. Unbelievable. All right, here we go. Three, six, two. There we go. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some people on the program. I, I just I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com. Forward slash all about wine BTR. And now, all about wine is on. Here's Ron. Oh, yeah, there he is. Hi. What'd you do? Forget to hit a button? Well, Facebook is like a two or three part setup. Oh, thank you, Bus Speaker. Facebook is like a two or three part deal where. You tell that you're going to go live, so you start sending the live information out. That's when the first time. And then I noticed the timer wasn't moving up. So I said, how come it says timer is zero, zero, even though, you know, we're on? And I see another button down in the corner that says go live. So one thing's telling me we're live. And then Facebook is saying we're not there yet. So I had to click uh-huh. the go live button. And then it has to catch up again. It's a... Like a three-part thing, but here we are. We're here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We made it. So, those of you who were listening to Facebook from the very beginning, you got a little bit of, yeah. Well, a delay or whatever. Well, oh well. I don't think they heard the part because the it doesn't start until I discovered. Oh, I see, hit the button. Yeah, I had to hit. Well, two it, extra did, it didn't start the the the. The opening, though, the show opening there, that that intro. Right. That I did um, because I'm playing it manually. Anyway, that's technical stuff. Um, But I started it when Facebook confirmed it was launched. So that's when the show started on Facebook. Oh, Maybe Blog Talk Radio actually got a fur, you know, the first few seconds of it before Facebook caught it. Yeah. Well, you know, the girl Yusi says, you know, Blog talk radio, and she, I didn't hear that at all this time. So, oh, I don't I know. Think it oh. hmm. Well, anyway, um, oh, here well, we are. We're here. It is Tuesday, October 24th, and uh, this is our show, and um, we're on for at least an hour and uh, plenty to talk about. Ron's here, and um, we're gonna go ahead and start it off with uh, some. Good information and, and talk about various wine topics. We won't be here next week, though. Ah. No, uh, no. Mike is going to be going to Colorado. Going to yes. take the all about all about wine jet and you know jet out to Colorado. Going to go to some wineries so he can give me some reports when he comes back about the wineries of Colorado. I have some reservations about that. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> does that mean that you called ahead and made reservations, or does that mean you're not sure if you're going to do this? <laughs> not sure about traveling very much because when I made the reservations and thought, oh, Denver's cool this time of year, it was in the 70s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, right. Sunday, I think high is going to be 27, I think. With snow. And yes. with snow for three days, last I heard, it was Monday or Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday snow. Uh, right. They just got uh, one to four inches uh, and then 12 inches south of Denver in the mountain, right. in the uh, foothills. Or front range foothills. I forgot what they called it. But um, yeah, I didn't yeah. go and I don't know how to drive in this stuff. I've never driven. <laughs> I mean, not yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe decades ago I have driven in snow, but when, when was the last time it snowed heavy in in Florida? Yeah. And I'm thinking, you have what? to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm looking at the I looked at the weather report this morning around seven, and it's oh, we still have uh, uh, wet and icy conditions on the roadways. And I go get rid of that stuff. You have yeah, a day. <laughs> I want the roads clear. I want you to go back up. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a safe experience. But uh, right. yeah, I saw that. No, keeps changing. It, you know, now it's three days, and oh man, I'm like you know, yeah. Oh, well, my view is gonna be at the hotel. The week. Yeah. Uh, well, he might be coming back with some reports from Colorado wineries. So we'll put it, <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. He's going to try, but you know, if he doesn't, then we can understand that uh, Mike's not going to drive in the snow. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I'm doing good on our drive roads here, but uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll see how it works. Um, yeah, I know. It's that's the thing. It's been so long since I've driven in the snow too. I don't know if I want to get out there and attempt it myself. So, yeah. oh well, well. If he does come back, he will come. He will be coming back with some reports from wineries in Colorado if he makes it to them. So we can all I hope for so. good weather. So we yeah, can have uh, a report there. So. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, if we get an opportunity. So he won't be doing. He he won't be here next week, and I won't be here because it's Halloween, and everybody and we get very busy here. Um, for some reason, our neighborhood gets. Lots of kids wandering around, so the doorbell's always ringing. So, and then it starts usually around six, five thirty, six o'clock, and it lasts up to about nine. So instead of, and uh, plus we got you know family coming over and stuff like that, and they usually trick or treat around the neighborhood. So I'm not going to be on next week either. So set your, you know, save the date for the seventh of November as our next show. And uh, hopefully Mike will come back with a report for us at that time. <laughs> I will let you know. Yeah, Do you think will. you're going to have uh, a good amount of kids because uh, Halloween's on a Thursday this time? Yeah, we always do. We always okay. do. Regardless, yeah, we always tend to get a lot. It's it's just our neighborhood is is a easy neighborhood to go walking around. You can start at one den and just sort of do a loop around and catch the cul-de-sacs and catch all the houses and everything and come back with a big bag full of candy. And everybody is home and everybody gives out stuff. And so it's usually, you know, 
it's a good neighborhood for people to go to and if they want to really get out and do the trick-or-treating as opposed to trick or trunk on all this other stuff they do now so uh so yes i, mm-hmm. I do expect quite a few kids good yeah yeah it's always fun to yeah. see them see what they dress up as we've yeah. gotten a whole variety of different ones in over the years and it's always always fun <laughs> see some of them I don't recognize. Who are you? And then they name some, you know, singer or something I never heard of. I go, oh, you know. Then I had a guy who was dressed up, a little kid that was dressed up like Doctor Who. And he was very good too. He looked, he looked like Doctor Who. And uh, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But we won't be here next week. So again, skip the date. But. Let me give you what's what's coming up for food for the next week. Today is the 24th National Bologna Day. So if you have not had yourself a bologna sandwich today, today is the day to have yourself a bologna sandwich because it is National Bologna Day. Tomorrow is National Greasy Foods Day and National Breadstick Day. But National Greasy Food, well, that encompasses a lot, especially if you go to state fairs anywhere in this country. All that food is deep fried. Saturday, National Mincemeat Day, National Pumpkin Day, which seems odd that that would be a, you know, a few days before the Halloween. And also Saturday is National Chicken Fried Steak Day. I like chicken fried steak myself. I always enjoy a good meal of chicken fried steak. Nice, nice meal to have. National Chicken Fried Steak is a good meal to have some uh, nice light wine with a uh, a Beaujolais, a light Beaujolais or something. So, Sunday, National Potato Day and American Beer Day. So, if you want to forgo the wine Sunday and have an American beer, that is the day to do it. Monday, National Chocolate Day. And that's always good. Pull out your good red wine, pull out your good chocolate, and indulge. Monday, National Oatmeal Day. Tuesday, uh, I'm sorry, that was Tuesday. Tuesday, National Oatmeal Day. Wednesday, National Candy Corn Day. Everybody complains about candy corn and how useless it is, but it sells a lot. So, Tuesday's National, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, the night before Halloween, National. And then Halloween's the 31st, that's National Caramel Apple Day. I have to point out that Mike sent me, now he put on Facebook, these beautiful little round dipped <laughs> things on a stick. And, uh, you know, with with caramel or with, uh, you know, the candy. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah. And they were onions. And I thought, that sounds like Mike. <laughs> I'm not going to go to his. <laughs> he take a bite into that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, uh, this uh, word to the wise. And since we're not going to be here next Thursday, let's continue on for another week here. Coming in November is National Put- uh, Banana Pudding Lovers Month, Gluten Free Diet Awareness Month, National Diabetes Awareness Month. Oh, I am diabetic. I'll have to keep note of that. National Fun with Fondue Month, National Peanut Butter Lovers Month, National Pepper Month, 
and it doesn't say what type or anything else, just pepper. So I don't know if it means black pepper that you shake on your food or jalapeno or whatever. And National Raisin Bread Month and Spinach and Squash Month. These are all coming up in November. Also, November 1st, All Saints Day, since we're celebrating Halloween, All Hallows Eve. Friday the 1st is National Calzone Day, National Vinegar Day, and National Deep Fried Clams Day. I don't think I've ever had. Oh, yeah, I have. I was going to say, don't think that I have. National Deviled Egg Day is Saturday. I love deviled eggs. Sunday is National Sandwich Day. So you can make yourself all sorts of sandwiches and pull out wine with that. Just feast for the day. Monday, National Candy Day. Uh, Monday the 4th is National Candy Day the 5th National Donut Day and National Love Your Red Hair Day so if you see uh, a person that is a carrot top give them a donut it's National Donut Day and National Love Your Red Hair Day that's Tuesday the 5th Wednesday the 6th National Nachos Day and then we will be back on the 7th, but that is National Bittersweet Chocolate with Almonds Day. Well, that's quite a mouthful there just for National Bittersweet Chocolate with Almonds. Uh, and also they have that designated as National Men Make Dinner Day on the 7th of November. So mark your calendars, ladies. The, the man needs to make dinner on November the 7th. It's a national day. So that's what we got coming up there. Pair up your wine with the proper foods and enjoy. Have yourself a, uh, a feast and with the foods and just pig out and have a good old time. I was just brought my wine for this evening. It is a Fetzer. Valley Oaks Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, it says on the label, Pioneers in Sustainability. This is supposed to be organic. Uh, the shoe was established 1968 in California. This is 2017. It says on the back, in 1968, Barney Fetzer's hard work and pioneering nature revolutionized California winemaking. Based on Barney's belief that what's good for the earth is good for the wine. Fetzer continues its heritage of sustainable farming, energy conservation, and social responsibility. So it is organic. It even has a certified organic label on it. So we know it is. Our Cabernet Sauvignon appreciates the warmer vineyards of California's lower foothills bringing our elegant flavors of black cherry and chocolate. And they're located in uh, Fetzer Vineyards in Hopland, Mendocino County, California. Uh, Fetzer.com, F-E-T-Z-E-R, Fetzer.com, if you want to learn more about their wines and about them and all that. They are in, (coughs) excuse me, they're in Mendocino County, but right south of Mendocino County, they're having an issue Actually, all of California is having an issue, but they always seem to have issues. Let me taste this here and see what we're looking at. 
light, fruity, a little bit of tannins, not a whole lot of acid. Uh, no nose. I'm not picking up much of anything on the nose. That's really sad. You would expect to get something. It's nice, though. It's light. When I said find something light for your uh, sandwiches and stuff, there you go. Fester, Dolly Oaks, Cabernet Sauvignon would be a good example of what I'm talking about here. It's a very pleasant wine. Not over Brian. We're having spaghetti tonight, and so I will enjoy the rest of this with our spaghetti. But that's uh, Fetzer. 2017, yeah, 2017, California Cabernet Sauvignon. They are located in Mendocino County, which is just south, uh, just north of Sonoma County. And Sonoma has an issue. Mike and I were talking about this a little bit before the show. Sonoma has a fire, a Kincaid fire. It exploded in Sonoma. It just whoop, and took off. It started yesterday. I always go to this one site that lists the fires in this country, and I can always see the fires. And I've used it before. If you've listened, been a listener of the show, I have brought this up before and told you where the fires were and what they were. This fire is so new. It just started this morning. They don't have it posted yet. You can see the smoke, and the smoke is really starting to radiate a lot from this fire, but they don't have the fire posted or too much on it yet. It is, uh, I think they're saying, I heard something like uh, uh, hundreds of acres, thousands of acres. It's just moving so fast. 70 mile per hour winds is blowing this thing. So it's just going all over the place. It's uh, forcing evacuations all over. Buildings have been burned. People have moved out. California is also, I don't know if you've heard or not. I'm sure you have. But California is doing rolling blackouts throughout the state, especially in the wooded areas, because they don't want the power lines to cause fires. So they do rolling blackouts to keep the power lines from breaking with higher winds that are coming in or something. And so the power lines won't hit the ground and start a fire. Well, this is called an issue with the Kincaid fire. They had a lady that was interviewed and said that she has no phone, she has no cell phones, no TV, no radio, no power to the house. And they looked over the hill and saw a red glow in the sky and realized it was probably a pretty big wildfire. So they packed up and left. And that's the only way they knew about it. So this rolling blackout might not work like they wanted it to. It's still iffy of what's going to happen with that. But this is spreading quickly. It is spreading fast. It is spreading quickly. It is moving its way around the country. It is uh, around the the county, country, around the county. It it has jumped the highway. Uh, The uh, River Rock Casino on Highway 128 in Geyserville has been evacuated. Geyserville itself is told the entire town of Geyserville which is north of San Francisco, has been told to get out. Uh, It's heading right toward them. Wineries are affected. Vineyards are affected. But 
the vineyards should have been harvested. We should not have an issue with the vineyards because it should have been harvested by now. It is, uh, let me see. Oh, that did that, that did that, that wasn't supposed to do that. The uh, vineyards uh, are done with harvest and it's just a matter of in the tanks and all that stuff. But I don't know. I don't know how many wineries have been affected. I don't know how many vineyards have actually been burned or anything. I, I haven't seen anything at all about vineyards. They're talking about everything else. But just about everything I've looked at hasn't talked about the uh, vineyards. Uh, let me punch in winery into the, my search engine here. Uh, wineries. Okay. Soma Far Wineries. Uh, California's Kincaid Far threatens wineries, vineyards in Sonoma County, uh, Alexander Valley. So that's the northeastern Sonoma where it's raging through, and that's what's happening. And it looks like, well, what does this one say? Since we are all about wine, I do want to cover a little bit of this fire about this. Uh, fire in Sonoma County, a fire which has burned 10,000 acres, touched off structures along Red Winery Road. Total number of structures that burned was not clear. The Robert Young Estate Winery in Geyserville said in a tweet that the fire has reached its property, burning brush and pastures, but that all of its structures were intact as of 9.30 this morning. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola Winery in Geyserville was closed Thursday due to the fire. The winery is not currently in danger but we're without power and guys wheels under evacuation orders, they said. Uh, what the heck is this? Contact. Well, there we go. I don't know what that was. I um, had something pop up on my screen here that was. Looks like a little vicious. Okay, Francis Ford Coppola Winery is closed today, but it says it looks like um, the fire crews will keep them safe. Geyserville's Trentadu Winery announced that it would be closed. At this point, there's no immediate threat to the winery. We will post updates on social media as we know it. They sent in a Facebook post. Uh, try on Vineyards and Winery, which is also closed Thursday, sent a Facebook post that the winery is good and all the staffers are safe. And uh, let's see, that's the only ones on here. So it looks like it's not going to be too bad. It looks like the wineries at this point are safe. The, the ones that reported in here anyway on this list. So um, we'll uh, find out keep you posted when we come back in a couple of weeks I'll try to get some uh, phone calls into them and see if anybody can tell me any more information about what's happening several wineries threatened by Sonoma Kincaid Fire oh they got a picture here of 
grapevines burning on one of the posts that are holding him up are burning. Um, uh, Zialina Winery is close to the blaze as of 9 o'clock, 9, 9 a.m. this morning. And the Laramore Winery, uh, Alden Park Vineyards, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, you said that Dry Creek Vineyards, you know, Hillsborough stated they're not in danger. Alexander Valley Winery and Hillsborough said they were not affected, but they're closed. So, uh, so far it looks pretty good, but the fire is zero under control, zero. And so no telling what's going to happen from here. I, like I say, I will follow this as far as the wineries go, and I'll let you know what's happening. Um, good harvest this year. What they're saying, from what I've read, there was a good harvest this year. But uh, who knows? Who knows what's what this fire is going to do to them and all that. Got some information other than that for you today. There is a new bottle out, wine design bottle, Allure wines they have a new sparkling new bottle uh that is making a bold luxury statement on the shelf on the wine shelves it's inspired by the marilyn monroe song diamonds are the girl's best friend it is a design where uh it sparkles basically the way the bottle is made it's looks like little diamond shapes on it all over they have uh designed for three wines a Merlot Rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Cabernet Sauvignon. The brand owner, Zimmerman, Graf, and Moeller, ZGM, uh, said that they tried to create a glimmering design concept for the brand's wine bottle, seeking customer feedback on the concepts to help shape the final design. Uh, the uh, team is in Nuremberg, Germany, and they successfully met and posed a multifaceted design, including distributing glass evenly within the mold and inspecting glass thickness as it was being made. So the wines are available internationally in 75 CL bottles. Now that, I saw that and I tried to figure out what CL was. It didn't say ML, it says CL. And unless somebody's finger hit the wrong key. I don't know, but the M and C aren't even close to each other, but uh, looks like it should be 75 milliliter bottles. Pretty bottles. If you see it, Allure, A-L-L-U-R-E, Allure uh, winery come out with those. Diamonds are the girl's best friend. Another design change is J. Lore. Vineyards and Wines and build a new packaging for its J. Lore Vineyard Series tier. Uh, it's uh, to convey the elevated position of the super premium J. Lore Vineyard Series wines. New pressure-sensitive labels feature a rich olive label for white wines and a plum label for red wines. Uh, they are also done in gold script and easy-to-read Appalachian design and white is on it. The new vaccine began appearing in markets in August with their 2017 J. Lord Hilltop Cabernet Sauvignon release. And they will continue to roll out new labels and new wines 
to the 2019 and 2020 vintages. So uh, something else to look forward to, the J-Lore Hilltop brand and uh, their new new labels to catch your eye when you're looking up and down the shelf. doesn't say any price point or anything on this, but if you're a J-Lore fan, I've had J-Lore. They're, they're somewhat inexpensive and they're pretty good wines. Did you know, and this is something I saw, which I thought you might be interested in. This is a report from Wine uh, Analytics. During the past 40 years, the baby boomer generation has had a major impact on the continued growth of the U.S. wine industry with domestic table wine sales at $73 billion. That's 3% higher than the prior year period. Yet, as this generation shrinks, Generation X, which is aged is 37 to 52, which is right behind the boomers, is a key demographic that should not be overlooked by beverage marketeers, experts say. So the boomers um, from uh, ages 53 to, what, 75 or 76, something like that. I'm not sure exact date there, but... We drink wine. You guys, great, good for you out there. $73 billion this past year, uh, during the past 40 years, not this past year, during the past 40 years, $73 billion. That has really tweaked the wine growth industry. There is Forley Family Wines has acquired vineyards in Oregon and Sonoma County. Uh-huh. They better be careful with that Sonoma County vineyard. Santa Rosa, California-based Foley family. And speaking of Santa Rosa, there are fires in Southern California, too. Uh, Mike just mentioned that before the show. I, I knew there were fires, but he says he's been seeing a, a program where they really are pretty big fires down there. And I heard something on TV. They mentioned the fires in Southern California. I don't know how, where they are what they're affecting or anything. I will follow up with that too over the next couple of weeks before we get back and let you know what's going on with that and if any wineries have been affected. And I saying this in past tense because hopefully within two weeks they will have all these fires under control and stopped and contained and everything. So we hope that is the case. Center Rosa California based Foley Family Wines announces that acquired two premier vineyards, Oregon's Huntington Hill Vineyards and California's Chalk Ridge Vineyards. Uh, Each will be added to the wine portfolio, which includes the Four Graces from Willamette Valley and Chalk Hill from Sonoma County. Uh, In a statement, they said that the purchase of these premier vineyards reaffirms the Foley family's commitment to the luxury wine segment and provides the Foley Family Wine Organization the opportunity to fuel growth for both the Four Graces and Chalk Hill brands. And then it goes on to describe some wineries and all that, which, you know, if you want to know, I suppose you can look it up, Family Foley Family Wines, and uh, I'm sure they'll, they've announced what they're doing there. But uh, they've acquired both of them and they're going to add it to their portfolio. Good for them. Good for them. New wine is out. Skin Flick White Wine. 
from Tank Garage Winery. They're located in Calistoga, California, which is in the foothills. Internet, tankgaragewinery.com. Distribution is just in a select market and online. So you can go to tankgarage.com, uh, tankgaragewinery.com and order this if you like. But it says, Tank Garage Winery introduces latest wine varietal, Skin Flick White Wine. And yes, I'm editorializing. Yes, the Skin Flick is a skin fermented white wine that celebrates the golden era of erotica, an era of decadent glamour and sexual revolution during the late 70s and the early 80s, or 1970s and early 1980s, not 18. The company says, and as the name suggests, the company will let the white grapes ferment on their skin, soaking up orange colors and giving off notes of orange blossom, banana, taffy, and nutty baking spices. Skin Flick is available for purchase at the winery or through the company's website for a suggested retail price of $36 a bottle. Skin Flick White Wine. Interesting. Okay. Forecast for twenty nine uh, for twenty nineteen Napa and Sonoma County vintages. We've had some bad vintages. This fires of twenty seventeen have affected the vintages, as have weather and everything actually in California. But until the grapes come off the vine, Mother Nature remains unpredictable, so we really don't know. But 2018 harvest, there was not enough room for the crop, and wineries would be hard-pressed to find space for the 2019 because both have been above-average crops. Uh, The market for Sonoma and Napa bulk wine had a huge run-up over the last four years. But now there's signs that uh, there will be an excess supply and prices are due to drop in the coming months. Now, that should, should, which doesn't always, but it should affect what you're paying when you pick up wines. It should keep the price steady or maybe lower them a little bit. Who knows? Uh, After three successful Cabernet Sauvignon crops from 2012 to 2014, There was a rude awakening after the tiny 2015 harvest, and the economy has uh, been buzzing along back then. And so they're hoping that Napa and Sonoma can continue to do the successful crops this year. So they're looking at a, a small price increase from the previous years. And they're seeing what's going to happen. After the 2016 vintage, which was much needed, there was significant smoke taint to many of the big reds from the 2017 vintage. Uh, those unfortunate fires made the prices for Bordeaux varietals jump even higher. And now with the huge 2018 vintage on the hills of an above average 2019 crop, prices will certainly come down to earth. So that's what I was saying. That's something to look forward to. Maybe it will interpret into the bottle you're buying, not just at the wineries. 
Many wineries are concerned about the supply and demand and the excess, uh, not enough space for the excess supply that they have out there. Prices for Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon in particular have risen to lofty heights, and hopefully there will be an industry pricing adjustment to allow retailers and consumers better purchasing opportunities. So the big crops are back after the dismal 2012 to 2014 and the tiny 2015 and the not so good 2016. 2018, 2019 is starting to show itself to be good again, which is, you know, is great. We need the, need the big crops. They help keep those prices within reason. Okay. Uh, the New York wine experience is over. If you missed it, you missed it. It's 17th through the 19th. That was last weekend. Coming up on 2020 Grand Tour dates, Chicago, April 22nd, Las Vegas, April 25th, and Washington, D.C., May 1st. I will tell you more about that as we get closer, but that is all happening in uh, the new year, so we got a little bit to go. Also, the San Francisco tasting, that is coming up before very long here. It is... Where is the date on this? Uh, you passed your deadline to enter, which is the 18th of this month. But the tasting is... I have no idea. I can't find it. Go to sfwinecomp.com and you can find out more information about it. Uh, SF Wine. Yeah, well, that's standard. SFWineComp.com. And I think it's November the November 18th or something like that. I'm not sure. But that is coming up also. And pretty much past time to enter and all that. If you want to go to it, though, it's, it's a fun thing. It's a really a fun thing to see. I was going to tell you about uh, what's happening at the wineries around here a little bit too because hey they are the winers are sending me information so I'm gonna pass it on to you about what's going on. Uh, let's see this is uh, oh Amazing Grace. Uh, Amazing Grace Winery is uh, you can find it at AmazingGraceWinery.com. Uh, holiday season, and it's a good time to stock up for winter, they say. They are located in Chesney, New York, by the way, so they're they're up there in the northeast, which is going to be getting some cold weather. They're having to sell a buy-two, get-one-free on select wines. Uh, they have a uh, Chevelle Blanc and Life's a Peach. White wine, Aaron's Red, Frontenac, uh, Andrac, Adonrac, Coast Reflection Spice Wine, and Sweet Wines. They have Maya's Maple and Petite Cerise. Cerise. So, a bunch of good stuff for you, but buy two, get one free. And uh, they're located at... 9839 Route 9, Chasing New York, 518-215-4044, or Amazing Grace 
winery.com. Uh, and let's see what else we have. Tassel Ridge. Tassel Ridge is always doing stuff. Tassel Ridge is located in Iowa, in uh, uh, Whiten, Iowa. And they have their uh, soup and wine bistro lunch going on all the time. That will be all the way to the end of the month. Cranberry wine is available. And they also are doing, uh, let's see, Oxy, uh, Oski Fiznet Cranberry, which is a bubbly wine. Uh, fermentations at Concord and Catawba. So if you're around there, they are lighting Iowa, located southeast of Des Moines. And uh, their number is, uh, I don't have it here, but I do have their address, 1681 220th Street in Lighten, Iowa. And their website, tasselridge.com, T-A-S-S-E-L, tasselridge.com. So all this stuff going on there, they have things happening all the time, actually. And let's see, Tabas Creek blog. If you have not subscribed to that, do so. It's interesting. It's fun. Uh, it's uh, talking about the Harvest 2019 going on. And so uh, it's really a lot of information that they put on there. They keep you informed and teach you the whole time. Uh, so you can get a hold of them. Their uh, emails are powered by a private company, but you can get a hold of them at tablas, T-A-B-L-A-S, tabluscreek.com, or info at tabluscreek.com, and subscribe to their blog. And let's see. I know I have another. Yeah, Delmonico. There we go. Delmonico Winery is DelmonicoWinery.com. They are located in, I don't know, uh, Rock and Horror Picture Show, Thriller Costume Dance Party, November Blush and Brush, November Wine and Walsh, December Blush and Brush, all sorts of stuff uh, that they have listed here on their uh, page. You can just you click on each of them and and go to them uh, without going into detail. Subscribe. Delmonico Winery. D-E-L-M-O-N-A-C-O. DelmonicoWinery.com And if you want to send it to anyone, particular Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, and uh, she'll respond to you and get you signed up for all the stuff are keeping informed of all the stuff that's going on there. And Walsh Vineyards, here's another one that's always got a bunch of stuff happening. Walsh Vineyards is located in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at uh, 1599 Oak Line Road. Uh, they uh, right now need help with harvest, so if you want to get a hold of them <coughs> uh, and, excuse me, I uh, Getting a scratchy throat here. Uh, 
Uh, the harvest should be done by now. When is this? You know, this is a couple of weeks old. Their harvest should be done. But get a hold of them. Waltz, W-A-L-T-Z, vineyards.com. And they will keep you informed of what's happening there and what's going on and different things. They're located, again, in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. And they will add you to their list. And I think I have another entry. Well, I must have wiped it out or something because I don't have it here. Entry. I must have. Must have by accident eliminated them. But Henry Winery uh, is uh, always have stuff going on. They're located in South Carolina. Whispering Oaks Vineyards, which is located just east of Ocala and Gainesville in Florida, uh, having, as always, their state night. And they have live music and Bread, potato, baked potato, extra large baked potato, uh, fresh green beans, baked beans, salad bar, twenty-eight fifty per person, not including the tax or duty or any alcohol. Reservations are suggested. Three five two seven four eight zero four four nine, and they've got music coming up, and they've got music and barbecue coming up uh, next Saturday, Saturday or Friday. Oh, Wednesday the 30th. Oh, okay. Uh, the day before uh, Halloween, they got uh, uh music concert and barbecue Wednesday the 30th from 4 to 9. And they are partnering with the Rotary Club of the Villages for a charity Texas Hold'em tournament. So if you fancy yourself as a poker player, $50 per player for poker tournament ticket and light appetizers. $5 additional buy-in for 1,000 chips and a $40 rebuy until chips are out. So if you want to get yourself into a poker game, then that's the way to do it. Plus they have all sorts of other stuff there and music and stuff. They're located on County Line Road, or County Road 875 in Oxford, Florida, 352-748. 0449 or winesofflorida.com. So, uh, cool place there. And uh, a lot of neat stuff always going on. So, that's something to, if you're in that area, something you definitely need to check out. Okay. I think that caught me up on the announcement. Was that? I have three. Yeah, I've got three things uh, if we can squeeze these in there real quick. Uh, first off, in the uh, comment section, uh, Linda, you know her, uh, says, hi, yes. Ronnie. So, hi. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's my sister. That's why I'm being called Ronnie. <laughs> Ron, yeah. Uh, yeah. Delmonico is located at uh, 600 Lance Drive in Baxter, Tennessee. That's Delmonico oh. uh, Winery and Vineyards. Okay. And... The other thing is the San Francisco uh, International Wine Competition. It's uh, $100 per entry. The competition dates are uh, for the tasting comp- competition, November 9th through the 11th, and the registration deadline has been extended until Friday, November the 1st. Oh, wow. Okay. So they have the 18th. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, that's for the tasting. I, they have another um, design competition. I don't know when that, I didn't look at that page, but I was looking at the tasting competition. But um, that one, um, the deadline is you know, Friday, November 1st. And uh, I don't see any dates on there. Isn't that something? Yeah, it has no. a deadline. That's, that's what that I saw on the paper I had here. Just the deadline, no dates. Yeah. Cool. Huh. But uh, definitely uh, the tasting competition does have at least that much in it. And uh, so there you have it. Um, so I did look that up. <laughs> good, good. Right, cool. And uh, my sister, my sister was in Hawaii. I wonder if she's back in the on the continent now. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, I'll have to check that out. But thanks for listening. Everybody on Facebook, thanks for listening. Organic versus biodynamic viticulture. We've talked about organic. We've talked about biodynamic. We've talked about all that stuff. But we're going to do this again because it's always something that is interesting and fun. Prior to the Industrial Revolution, all farming was organic. Pretty much so. I mean, by today's standards, it's basically it's, it's organic. But nowadays, the norm in commercial agriculture is to boost crop productivity with chemicals, hormones, and genetically modified organisms, or GMOs. In grape growing, for the wine industry, synthetic fungicides, herbicides, and pesticides and fertilizers are all routinely applied in the vineyard. Some wine additives are permitted as well. However, reducing or eliminating the use of such chemicals can increase quality dramatically in ways that are considerably more apparent in fermented products like wine or cheese than they are in fresh produce. Now, I don't know about that statement. I tend to wonder if it increases it dramatically. I'm drinking this Fetcher Cabernet. And I am a little disappointed in the nose. And is that because it's organic or is that because it's just, I don't know. But I won't editorialize much more on that. Organic farming is an agricultural certification system that prohibits the use of specific types of man-made products and additives. An even greener and more rigorous system known as biodynamic certification mandates a more complete rejection of modern agricultural methods and returns to more ancient farming practices like coordinating planting and pruning by the faces of the moon or burying manure before use to maximize impact, which it is. Uh, if you know, if you want to learn more about the biodynamic, check out the show that I did a whole episode on biodynamic. It's really quite intensive, if you will. I've talked about biodynamic wineries and stuff too, so there's quite a bit of information that I have for you there. Both organic and biodynamic farming are growing in influence in the realm of fine wine because of their tangible impact on quality. <laughs> and the higher prices that these wines can command. And that may be part of it too, they can command higher prices. As a result, ambitious ventures are likely to use at least one, uh, excuse me, at least some organic or biodynamic inspired methods. 
even if they don't go through the efforts and expense required for formal certification on the agricultural practices. So here we go. Certification requirements. I'm going to let you know here, and you can make up your mind. No chemical fertilizer, natural components and manures only, organic, USA, and European Union, and biodynamic, all require that. No synthetic pesticides, including herbicides, insecticides, and fungicides, U.S., European Union, and biodynamic, all get a check on that. No genetically modified organisms or growth-promoting hormones, GMOs, that is. Again, USA, EU, and biodynamic. What GMOs would you add to? I mean, I I always wonder about GMOs when they start talking about wines. No sulfur added after fermentation. A large amount as a wine preservative. You can't do it organic U.S., EU, and definitely not biodynamic. No sulfur added before fermentation. Small amount to sanitize the fruit and isolate the yeast. You can't do that in U.S. organic. You can in EU organic, and you cannot biodynamic. Now, the rest of these I'm going to read you here is restricted by only in Organic, I'm sorry, only in biodynamic, not in organic. Crop rotation required to minimize effects of monoculture and maintain soil health. That's biodynamic, not organic. Covered crops required to add nutrients to soil and conserve water. Biodiversity required at least 10% of land reserved for other organisms. Biodynamic. Observing lunar calendar requirement are required to sync cultivation with plant cycles and moon phases. That's a very big part of biodynamic. Preparation of herbal compost and manures required to replace chemical sprays. Again, another big part of biodynamic. Low-till farming required to reduce carbon emissions and enhance soil health. And last, environmental impacts regulated to protect community and neighboring ecosystems. That's all biodynamic. Sulfur. Now, let's talk about this, or SO2. We mentioned this up earlier and how they're all restricted. Sulfur dioxide is used in two ways in winemaking. Adding a small amount prior to fermentation has been standard practice for centuries because it inhibits growth of unwanted microorganisms. It stops fermentation. You know, if you want to stop fermentation or some other stuff. This results in cleaner tasting, more stable wines. Recently, vintners began adding larger amounts of SO2 after fermentation as a preservative. Shelf life. It is used to preserve shelf life, to let it set on the shelf longer. There are so many wines out on the shelves and so many wines being shipped everywhere all the time that wineries use SO2 after fermentation to extend shelf life 
and to keep it from going bad. I mean, basically, wine will go bad. It doesn't turn to vinegar. It just turns bad. And so SO2 inhibits that. Also, SO2 will stop any secondary fermentation or malolactic fermentations, too, that might spring up. I've had that happen to me. Both EU organic rules and biodynamic certification prohibit this bladder preservative role. Okay, you cannot add it after fermentation uh, or before, no sulfur added before fermentation. You can't add a small amount there. But it does permit the former's practice since it's both traditional and widely seen as essential for making sound wine. So a small amount prior to fermentation is still done. It's a standard practice for centuries and is still done by organic and from what this says, biodynamic, I don't believe it is, but with this word it sounds like it. However, the United States Food and Drug Administration prohibits all SO2 addition in organic wine. As a result, many American vintners opt to label their wines as, quote, made from organic grapes, end quote, rather than as, quote, organic wine, end quote, in order to have the freedom to use a limited initial sulfur addition. So there you go. There's something that's interesting. You see, made from organic grapes, that gives them a little bit of freedom there to add sulfur or SO2, whereas organic wine would not. It would limit them on that. So interesting little point made there. Excuse me. So, and uh, the newest issue, excuse me again. Newest issue of wine enthusiasts has came out. They always list every year areas that are wine travel best and get the bang for your buck and all that. And uh, they uh, used to list 10. They've only got four here now. Uh, Basilicata, uh, I guess it's Basilicata in Italy. <coughs> Excuse me. Basilicata in Italy is one of them. Another one, uh, Anquedoc in France. They're saying is another good one. Uh, Okanagan Valley, is that correct? Okanagan. Uh, British Columbia, Okanagan, is uh, great for visiting and tasting red, world-class reds and whites and it has uh, places to stay and places to drink and wineries to visit and all sorts of stuff in that area. And then if you're really a world traveler, the Stellenbosch region of South Africa is listed here. Uh, so a good, <coughs> excuse me again, a uh, good exchange rate, $1 is worth nearly 15 South African rand, so you can pick up lots of wine at a really, really reasonable price right now. And uh, there's all sorts of wineries and 
vices, wine estates, and stuff down there. So that is wine enthusiasts list for this year. They always list uh, some, and that is their list for this year. And uh, like I say, the newest issue is out, so there's all sorts of 100 best buys, which is a, a good list. You, if you're looking for inexpensive wines, they have a list of 100 best buys for 2019. All of them are under, I think they're all under 20 or $25, something like that. Most of them are in $15, $14. So well worth the price of the magazine to check out some of these wines that they have on this list. And uh, the uh, they have prices and they have uh, scores on them and all that. So can't go wrong with that. Pick up the magazine, check out the list, and grab yourself wines to enjoy with your food list that I was telling you about. And I think we're done. You know, it is 8 o'clock. Yeah, good time to call it quiz yeah. time. Yeah, I uh, I just put on Facebook that I uh, my internet cut out. I don't know if it was the internet internet or or just the audio part, but uh, cut out for a few seconds, and I had to make some changes here and get back on so I could uh, connect to Facebook again. But you were on Blog Talk Radio the whole time, so that looks no, like okay. pretty. This was uh, this was just affecting Facebook listeners. So, but we are back on there, so everything's oh, everything's good, good there. Um, still learning. Yeah. We're still learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what what that problem was. Um, yeah. Anyway, we will uh, close the show for uh, this uh, week. And Linda says yes. Uh, she is back home. Uh, just to let you know, Ron. And uh, okay. <laughs> well, good. She's listening to it in Hawaii. Good for her. Yeah. That means we're reaching far and wide with this program. So. Well, is she? You said, is she back from Hawaii? She said, yes, she's back home. Oh, she is back. So does that okay. mean she, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, still, though, yeah. she lives in Missouri, so it's still reaching far and wide. So. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we'll um, we'll go ahead and close the show for uh, this week. We will not have a show on the 31st, as we said at the top of the hour uh, when the show started. So uh, um, you won't, we won't have a Halloween show, but we will be back November 7th. Uh, that's the Tuesday, uh, two weeks from today. So uh, join us then on uh, Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook Live, and uh, we'll see you then. Uh, have a safe Halloween. If it's Halloween, you have kids or whatever, or you go by yourself, whatever. Uh, be safe. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and um, we'll see you in two anyway. weeks. Be safe out there and drink wine. Yep. Thanks. Drink wine. We'll see you all. Thank you. Bye. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinedpr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Okay.